tonight. We see if we stick the landing with episode 12, the season finale. I'm joined, as always, this season with Gail, the lovely Gail playing Dr. Freya Locke, David, who is Elgon III, previously known as Caster. He didn't die, though, unlike our new friend, Reedon, who's joined us now for three months of games. I have friends that I have had for years that have not played as many hours of games with me as you have, Reedon. It's like we're brothers. It's, it's been a great time. Honestly, people always say, like, I had a great time at your table or, like, I enjoy playing with you. But, like, this is one of those times where, like, I really, I really fucking mean it. I always look forward to Tuesdays for two reasons. For Taco Tuesday and for some other ship with Jay, Gail, and David. <laughs> it's been, a hell, it's been a hell of a sandbox and it's been a hell of a, a play group to enjoy the sandbox with. I would, I would never say I, I had fun at your table. I would say, I've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so even See if you, you did have fun at the table? Even if I did, I'd be like, I got to go. <laughs> it's been real. It's been real. <laughs> we had go. some good times and some, <laughs> some other times. Got another table to go sit at. <laughs> no, it's been great. Thank you, Reedon. Thank you, David. This was so nuts. We can't congratulate ourselves just yet. We could really biff it. No, we, sh- we should definitely congratulate ourselves now. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start. And this is really important. Because timing-wise, I reviewed the tape. <laughs> and I did some math with distances on the map. And it's possible that Elgon... And Cassidy, with this semi-automatic weapon that she has, <laughs> can make it to the lab if they ride their ass off on this ATV. It may not be in time to save our friends here, because currently Elgon is racing down this rocky terrain. Cassidy Garland sitting on the back. She is looking over her shoulder with this semi-automatic rifle this assault rifle and she is looking as you all have this you all have a pretty sizable head start on the other two riders who are coming from their ship the quest gen ship the sun is hanging low in the sky creating this red atmosphere and you're trying to get as quickly as you can back to your friends. Back to Dr. Freya Locke, who you recently confessed that you were in love with. Sitting in one arm, you have the helmet of the mercenary that Cassidy Garland killed out of revenge for the death of Captain Wakefield. They're moving fast. And you don't know how long this head start is going to last. Can I already see that these ATVs are following us? Yep. Headlights are coming on. You can see them in the distance, trailing behind you. Where's the uh, audio in this? Like, would I have to put the helmet on in order to hear what they're saying, potentially? Yeah. 
You would. Okay. Yeah. I will try and put it on, see if it fits over my metal tank of a head. All right, it does. And yeah, obviously I'll just be uh, listening for any chatter from them. You can hear a couple of voices saying the android went crazy. One of the other Belissa crew flipped out, but they're riding north away from the Haven. So you know they have an idea of where the Haven is, and you know that they, yeah, th- that they're talking about you, and that two of the riders, these two riders on the ATV, have, on their ATVs, have been given permission to pursue you. I'm going to kind of full throttle, you know, try and make sure I keep the lead, and I know exactly where I'm going. I'm going to try and head as head in a straight line of, as possible. Dave, do you have any type of driving skill? I, um, no, <laughs> no. no. I have computer skills, you know. Uh, I, I know we kind of said that he did have, you know, he, everyone kind of had piloting skills when it came to the Belissa, so I don't know if that would yeah. help him, but it's not one of his trained skills or anything. To keep this thing on course, I'm going to have you do, to try and do the quickest way possible, I'll let you use computers. Okay. Because you're like mathematically trying to. Right. Well, I also have mathematics, so yes. Oh, yeah, you do. Okay, well, you can do that too. You're trying to to coordinate this. Right. Triangulate your position uh, and get it. Find that hypotenuse perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, math. That stuff. Yeah. Whatever you said. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. Sure. So do I get computers and mathematics, or just computers? They don't stack. It's whatever the yeah, yeah. Which, whichever sure. one's the highest is what you get. So it's like, what, a plus 15 or something? Yeah, to my intellect? Yes, sir. Okay. That is a 30, which is a success. Let's see how my guys do. They both failed. Nice! You increase the distance at which you... Uh, and you've also traveled this land. You, you have a better idea of what's coming up. Right. You have a photographic memory you can pull up data of where you've been and you know what rocks are coming it's it's a vastly unfair advantage and you can hear on the headset this uh these people saying like i I don't know where the fuck we're going and it's getting dark you know what i mean are we now at the point where like we can't even see their ship we can't even see where that would be anymore would that be uh it, it would take a little while but yeah you get over a ridge and now the ship is out of range and you're starting to become out of range from the communications oh if I'm sensing that before I I do it I am going to see if I can like adjust my voice to imitate the marine that was killed which we heard speak okay and uh, is that something that that Elgon and his would would be able to do potentially is, is imitate that voice as best he can yeah, I'm glad you brought this up before, and I've decided that you definitely have to. I I wanna I wanna just add. Yeah. I think they're very aware that that guy's dead. I thought they were at a distance, so like they were I, at a I, distance. They were aware that he was shot. Well, but no, he was stabbed. Remember? They, they were aware <laughs> that he was stabbed. Oh, like <laughs> they? Oh, okay. You're saying that because they were at a distance, they haven't confirmed that he was dead. He may just be wounded. Right. Yeah. Didn't right. they come straight, just straight for Elgon, okay. or did they yes. pause? 
Yeah, I did say that. Okay, all right, okay. So that that's that's at least what Elgon's thinking is. They don't know he's dead. They know he's hurt. They know he was taken over, but okay. Elgon's going to try and see if he can imitate his voice. All right, so my ruling on this as to whether or not Elgon can change his voice box is that David has to make a roll for hacking to hack his voice box to modulate it to sound like a person that he's only heard speak like five times. All right, so that would be another intellectual. Yes, sir. That is an 88, which is a yeah. critical failure. Oh, wow. Critical. I, like, picture him trying to, like, record what he heard and trying to take yeah. those words and put them in a certain order, and it just doesn't work. <laughs> Do you want me to still say what I was going to say, even though I'm critically failing at doing it? No. No? Okay. <laughs> you realize it's not coming out right. Okay. <laughs> because it's a critical fail. Before you even get a chance to, sp- you're like trying to figure it out. Like, what did that guy fucking sound like? Can I like, can I yeah. just distort my voice enough and make it crack mm-hmm. so that they're like, I think that was the guy. Like, and you're trying to figure it out, and then you hear them say, "Come back, something's wrong. The body, it's moving." <gasps> oh. <gasps> and then it cuts out. What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I wasn't going to do it, but you critically failed. (laughs) Yeah. So I had to do something fun. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Wakefield lives. While that's happening, Rook, you've gotten a little bit of poop knocked out of you by Mega You. And you were trapped in a corner, still with a spear. You previously tried to cut one of these tapestries, these strange tapestries from the wall, hoping to create a, a blindfold of sorts for this monster to give you, give yourself a little bit more time. But time is about to run out, my friend. What do you want to do? It's bearing down on you. It's rippling muscles and it's just so angry and grotesque. Feeling that I'm about to face death for the second time. Or so I think. Rook isn't really in a place to kind of sit there and 1v1 this monstrosity. So, still holding the spear and just knowing his surroundings, he can't, like, go through... He, like, considered going through the foot and, like, you know, kneeling it to the floor, but I don't think that's gonna... The the floor is, like, made out of, like, you know, solid material. It's not, like, earth or anything like that, so... He's just gonna run back towards where he thinks Dr. Locke and, uh... Dr. Asper are. Okay. Still holding the spear. Yeah. Do you think, you you know, you just said something that I thought was really interesting, talking about thinking about death for the second time. Do you think, because Elgon, Caster, he told you how the fake you died, and that he died trying to save them, and he sacrificed his life. Does anything about that cross your mind? Does the fact that the other you, knowing that a version of you did that, does that surprise you? I think in a million simulations, Rook is always going to try to save others. There's very few where he's uh, ultimately selfish for his own dubious needs. In that one simulation, Rook would be running up that staircase, leaving them behind, and running off, finding the ballista and getting the fuck out of there. But this is not that simulation, so he's going to run back towards his intellectual friend's and uh, have their mental power make up for their for his lack of physical in this very moment. Okay. 
I need you to make a speed check. I think you can use athletics. You can add your athletics to this. You're trying to duck past this creature. My goal is 43. Nintendo 64. That's what I got. That is a failure. You go to duck out, and this creature slams its fist into the wall right in front of you, keeping you in place. With its other hand, it is going to grab you by the back of your neck and grip very tightly. And you almost feel like the strain of your bones. You feel the strain of your bones as though at any moment they're all just going to pop out and snap. But they don't. They just sit in that moment of tension and pain. And he yanks you up off your feet and starts dragging you towards one of the doors. All the while, Rook is blood-curdling scream as he's trying to just take his hands to kind of like claw at the one hand that is carrying him. And for the first time in a while, Rook is beginning to sob a little bit as he feels like he's about to actually face death. Reading, what's your hit point situation looking like right now? We're at 9 HP. You're at 9. At our final wound. Your final wound. He's going to take your head as he starts coming towards the doors. These are the doors leading directly to... That was where you were wanting to go, actually. It was where you were wanting to go. He's heading towards George Asper. He's heading towards Freylock. But as he starts getting close to these doors, he's going to take your head. He's going to slam it into the frame of the door. And you black out. Boom. Dr. Freylock, you were in the parabola, a sea of these alien life forms in the shape of egg-like creatures are cascading down the sides. And you see George Asper's running towards you, and you're, you're trying to free yourself from them as they start descending towards their doom. And you have just heard the voice of what you have referred to as the analyst telling you to join him. George is running as quickly as he can and you're trying to get to him and you see him freeze in mid-step as though somebody had paused. What do you want to do? You're still moving. Everything else is still going except for George Asper. I say in my mind, are you the one that made me? You hear the answer like music coming through clearly. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. If I join you, can I keep my mind? Yes. What about my brother? That is the doctor's decision. May I ask what joining you entails? Everlasting love. So I don't have to hurt him? No. Okay, then. And as I say that, I really try to grip onto my sense of self as much as possible, kind of closing my eyes and knowing that I'm not in this parabola. That I'm somewhere else, that I'm actually standing in front of that podium. 
because I don't want to lose myself. But I agree. So you give yourself up to the analyst? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to make another psionics check. I succeed. Twelve. You're able to retain and shield everything about you, your entire experiences. You're not able to get back the things that you know you've lost. You know there's pieces of you missing. Vague shadows of what was Dr. Freylock. You come to and you see the giant hulking creature that was the clone of Rook and you see it setting an unconscious Rook into one of the pods. He looks beat up. His breathing is very faint. He sets him in the pod and closes the door. And beside that pod, you see George Asper. I don't know if George Asper would make the same deal. So, David, I think George Asper's odds of accepting this deal are 70-30 against it. Okay. David, could you roll a D100, and if you can get above a 70, he's going to take the deal. All right. Otherwise... He's going to say no. That's a 12. (laughs) Second 12 for a different reason. You see George in a heap on the ground. I go to him and is he, is his heart beating? Is his, is he breathing? You go to him, you turn him over and he is dead. I hold him. As you hold on to him, you hear footsteps, metal on stone, clinking through the hallways, and these metallic fingers constructed of piping material rest on your shoulder. You look up and you see this robot. You can see gears moving in its chest and this crystalline visor that it has about the spot where one would have eyes. Did you make us? It holds out its hand for you to take. Take its hand. Feel these metal fingers wrap around the back of your hand. They're warm and starts to escort you down the hall deeper into the laboratory where you see a bed shackles on it and instruments for cutting incubation tubes and boxes where you can see this gelatin material with a baby inside It's about the size of a baby, but when you look at it, you realize it has limbs almost like an adult human. It's just the size of a baby. And it's growing in this gelatinous mess inside this box. Can I tell who it is? That's George, right? It would be George Asper, yeah. What will he be like this time? 
you see the robot start to light up, and you hear a voice in your head say, We're not to know for a very long time, but hopefully he will descend on their planet like an angel. What kind of angel? That's up to him. That is the will we give him. That was the will that we had given you, but your journey was cut short. So what is my purpose now? To protect us. From who? Devils. That look to tear down the gates of heaven. The ship has landed. They're chasing Elgon now. Elgon? Is he okay? He'll be here soon. Are you... Are you ever gonna let them go? Not until my analysis is complete. Listener, I hope you're enjoying the show. I just wanted to take this moment to tell you about how you can help Out of Depth produce even more cool stuff like the podcast you are listening to right now. For one, you can recommend our show to other folks looking for podcasts. Getting our show into the ears of more people is our number one goal right now. So if you could just recommend it to friends and strangers, leave reviews, all of that would really help us out. If you are in a position to do more than that, you can head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash getoutofdepth. It's where you can subscribe at any tier you feel comfortable with for as long as you feel it's worth it. Those funds help us keep the show running, do even more cool projects, and allow us to afford more collaborators to work with. Their time and contributions to our shows are so valuable, and you can help support these efforts by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash get out of depth patrons also have access to bonus material for the shows like character questionnaires my game prep notes and exclusive videos like a post-mortem q a with the analysis complete cast once this series finishes up gail and i have lots of fun plans for the future as we continue to grow our audience and if you want to see them come to fruition please head over to patreon.com slash get out of depth and become a patron today thank you so much for listening holy shit I really appreciate it. Now with that out of the way, let's get back to the show and see what mysteries and terrors our players might uncover next. Gail, what are the three tenets of a mothership game? You can solve, save, or survive, but you cannot do all three. And with that in mind. And with that in mind. Elgon, you make your way to the woods. It's going to be a little bit harder to maneuver this ATV through the forest because of the way the cypress tree roots are. But you've maneuvered yourself in a position where it's going to take a short trek through through here to get to the lab. You don't know if they're going to come back for you. The question people you don't you haven't heard what has happened in 30 minutes, 45 minutes. It's been since you've heard the body is moving. 
on the radio. Cassidy Garland is shaking. What is wrong with people, Caster? What is wrong with people? Everyone behaves badly, given the chance. Elgon is really filled with this 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 rage, though. He's felt something that he hasn't ever, which is the desire to hurt other humans. But he also knows that this is against his programming. But he's acutely aware that these people from the Quest Gen ship, if they found George or Freya that they would mean them harm. So something Elgon is trying to see, because for over a hundred years, he he didn't have Asimov's Laws programmed into him. This is a new thing once he uh, he hurt a human. And he's going to try and see if he can find that coding in his head that has Asimov's Law. And he's going to see if he can while he's driving there, if he can, like, hack his own head, essentially, to see if he could remove this coding so that he could protect Freya. Dave, you are very sneaky, very crafty, and it's such a good idea, I'm surprised you waited this long. All right, I imagine the cyberspace of your mind to be very similar to cyberspace in the seminal cyberpunk film Hackers when they're on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. And you're going through this kaleidoscope of colors and uh, acid burn fonts trying to find the code for Asimov's Law because you know it was grafted into you. Maybe your father left a little back door for you for this day when you were free. Yeah. You can use all the way up to your master skill of artificial intelligence to try and hack this. This is a little exciting. This is a big one. What is the number? What's your target? So with everything, it would be 69. I seem to recall us getting excited about that (laughs) way back on episode (laughs) one or two. Yeah. All right, right. 69, 77. 6-0, 6-0, 60. That's a success. You're looking through these lines of code. You see hashtag, I knew you'd come here one day. (gasps) I'm so proud of you. You know what to do. And I trust you with this responsibility, Dad. And you see the block for the code for Asimov's Law. And you're able to access it and delete it. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Cassidy Garland is waving her hands in front of your face. How long since you shut down? Are you okay? Do you need to do a support system? Like, are you starting to get a little wonky? No. I'm better than ever, Cass. That's B.A. Caster, you're moving through the woods, cypress trees. You can hear the sound of the water from a river to the north. And it's not long that you find yourself standing for the first time in front of the large double doors of the laboratory. The place that Melanie Devantes 
had drawn a rhinoceros on on the map, signaling this place to you. And now you're here, and perhaps for the first time in a very long time, you feel completely free to do whatever you want. Cassidy Garland says to you, what are we doing? I'm going in, Cass, but make no mistake, this place can either be our sanctuary or it can be our tomb, and I'm not sure which one it is. I know the path behind us likely leads to death, so this is where I choose to go. If you want to stay out here, I understand. The other clones and Rook, they've, they should already be here, right? They should. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to try and save my friends. She's holding this, this gun in her arms. Captain Wakefield taught me a lot. Yes. No one should live their life in a tank. I will help you if I can. Thanks, Caster. Thanks for before. For what? You smashed that android. That other mason unit. It felt good to finally be able to help you in a fight. <laughs> I... I just want us all to survive. Okay. Go up to the doors and the doors open. Dr. Freya Locke. You and this robot are sitting in a room when you hear the sound of footsteps in a hallway. The robot looks at you and he says, He's here. What do you want to do? Go see him. This robot gestures to the door for you to go freely. You won't hurt him, right? I could. But it's not up to me. Who's it up to? It's up to you. Then no. He's not going to be hurt. I get up and go to meet him. Caster, you and Cassidy Garland are heading down the stairs. Cassidy Garland. Cassidy Garland has her gun ready. And you see solo Dr. Freya Locke by herself emerging at the foot of these stairs just before you hit the landing. Cass, Elgon. You're okay. You're safe. I'm safe. What is this place? It's a lab. This is where you were born? Yes. This is where Cass was imprisoned. George is dead. What happened? He... He didn't... He didn't... want to stop fighting. But you stopped fighting? I did. I hoped George wouldn't die, though. Rook's inside. And, Jay, while I'm talking, I'm also using my psionics. I'm searching in my mind for Mega Rook. Yeah. I'm specifically not wanting him to do anything. Okay. So you're trying to see if you can, like, make him go to sleep? Yeah. All right, try to give me a Psyonix roll. It's a 41, I believe, is what your it target is. is. <gasps> 39! That's a success! While you're talking, you're searching for Mega Rook, and he is 
sitting in a stone room. His legs are crossed. Like, this is how he just waits to be told to do something. You find his mind, and he's not very intelligent. Mm -hmm. And you're able to switch him off for a moment, and he slumps over to the side. When you finish doing that, and you return more to the present, you realize Cassidy Garland has her gun trained on you. What do you mean? Elgon is going to try and, like, slowly... Like put his hand on the nut uh, on the end and don't and don't have her don't lowered. move. Nobody don't. move. Cass, do not move. Are you with it? Yes. Don't do anything rash, Cass. She's gonna pull this trigger. She's gonna pull this trigger. I'm gonna let a couple things happen. One, I'm gonna roll my combat roll. David, you're trying to, and you've already said that this is what you're trying to do. So I'm. It's totally cool. You're gonna try and push this gun out of the way. Yeah. Down to the ground. It's going to be a speed check. Yeah. All right. But first, here are the stakes, folks. I rolled, and I may have rolled this when I killed Rook. (laughs) I rolled an 11. Oh, jeez. That is what you rolled when you killed Rook. Oh, no. These are the stakes. You're going to have to make this speed check, or I am absolutely blasting Dr. Freya Locke right in front of you. Those are some stakes. What is your target? My target is 32. Good luck. 54. Gail, how's your hit point situation? I have seven hit points left. Yeah. I don't know if it's a mathematical certainty or not. I rolled low, but I still hit eight. Eight. Okay. There we go. So that's your last wound. With your last wound, there is absolutely a shot that you don't die. (laughs) That's right. That's right. I forgot. (laughs) Gail is on her very last wound, and when you're on your final wound, you roll on a very specific table. The final wound table. And five, six, seven, eight, nine all say you have died. So Gail has to roll between a zero, one, two, three, or four. That's a two. Whoa! You get shot, and you fly backwards. And according to the chart, you are comatose. You hit the ground, and you feel your mind, using your psionic abilities, protect yourself. You shut everything down to just the minimal amount of effort to keep living. Do I only have so many rounds? I know that that's part of the table, no, but I don't no know rounds. if that's on too. You're okay. just comatose now, so I'm somebody's going to have to fix you. And I'm the doctor, darn it! That's right. <laughs> Elgon, Cassidy Garland doesn't know that you hacked your uh, your brain, but more importantly, Dr. Freya Locke just got maybe killed right in front of you. And that means you have to make a panic roll. And I believe you've failed a couple times today. Oh, I did. I have not been adding stress, but that would definitely put me at 20. So, 20. 20. You're at 20, which means that every number 1 through 20 is a possible panic for you. 
and they're all bad. Uh, not not number one. Not uh, except for number yeah, one. Yeah. So far, David has, has Elgon has panicked twice, twice and he yeah. has natural one both times. Can he do it a third time, like Elgon the third? Let's see. That is an eight. Oh wait! Oh my that's god, my you guys, that's so poetic. <laughs> what is it? Because every time Doctor Freya Locke panicked, and I get eight. She rolled an eight. Oh and at this God. moment where she's about to die, you rolled an eight. What the fuck is going on? The dice are telling the story. So, so this is the one where I lose one of my skills? Yeah, you're yeah. going to lose a skill. Yeah. I, I think the perfect one to lose right now, just like the absolute, like, just the loss of words for what happened, my linguistics. Oh, no. Are... Good call. Way to dump that <laughs> linguistic stat. Yeah, my my treasured linguistic stats really come in handy. Sorry, Frothing I mean that is actually very binary all of a sudden. Yeah, it's really beautiful that it's happening that way. But that we all so know cool. that linguistics was just sitting on the shelf. <laughs> no, he used it for that. that I didn't use it to thing. read the music yeah. at one point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. You're in a panic, my friend. You don't know what to say, but you see that Dr. Freya Locke is bleeding out on the ground. What do you want to do? It's your turn, Elgon. You didn't react fast enough with a 54. Elgon is going to rush to Dr. Locke. Okay. While looking back at Cassidy with just like, if if you could have like, hate in, in robot eyes he is giving her the dirtiest stare of just betrayal if your face could move if your face could make other <laughs> yes. expressions yes. it would be so mean it would if be he had so mean separate oh. segmented eyebrows they would oh. be yeah. going inwards towards the nose yeah and she is running towards the pod room yes how could you She's only got one shot at this, man. When I look into Dr. Locke's eyes, is there anything? Is there... uh, Faint. You can see just shallow breathing. Dr. Freya, where's... where... where's the creator? Where is he? If there's anyone that can save you. And while that's happening, Rook, the glass of your pod, shatters. Your gunshot happen. And this blue liquid is draining out, and you see Cassidy Garland with a semi-automatic rifle, and she reaches through the broken glass, grabs a hold of your face, and says, All right, you crazy motherfucker, we only got one shot. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I love you. Okay. And she just goes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> she... <laughs> <laughs> She gives you this gun and you're able to, she like helps you pull you over this shattered glass. It rips the creature had put you in the pod in the, uh, the jumpsuit that you were given, uh, yesterday. And, uh, there's rips in it now and you've got one hit point, a rifle with some gun with some ammo in it. Rook, what do you want to do? Cast one shot. I need to know something. What? Anything that moves is not with us. 
Oh. Are we leaving? Yeah. Just help me get the rest of them out. Kill them all. I wipe the slime off of my face. Am I just shooting it, or do I hit it with the butt of the rifle, or... Kill them all. No, the... the, uh, the you know, Dr. Lock here in the pod. Uh, Melanie. I just shot it. Okay. <laughs> sure. I tried to aim away from your face. Cass has had a day. Yeah, Cass I... is <laughs> fucked up, guys. Like, I'm sorry. Like, your I'm sure face? This is a... Just the disgust, kill them all. And then, oh, oh, I get it. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. No, just, I don't know who you're talking Great. about. Just kill Great everybody. That's not, anybody that's not in this pod room, I want them dead. <laughs> I'll go ahead and shoot M- Melanie's pod open. Same thing for Dr. Asper. And as I approach Dr. Locks, I take one look at Cass. Oh, hold on. Why are you here? What what happened? As you're saying that, Caster, you've heard two gunshots, three gunshots, and broken glass in the pod room. Are you staying here with Dr. Frey Locke, or are you seeing what all the hubbub's about? Was Dr. Locke able to respond at all when I asked her where no. the creator was? No. She is comatose. Caster's going to assume that, like, the creator isn't through that pod door, so he's going to pick up Freya and he's going to carry her and go through that other set of doors. You start moving, you're sneaking out. Rook, you asked what happened, and she said the other Dr. Locke, she's with it. Caster doesn't want me to kill her, but I shot her. I think she's dead. He's out there now. And Rook knows that the last the last words that were given to you from Caster was, tell Dr. Locke that I love her. She says he's out there. He's probably not happy. We may need to shut him down. You do it then, Cass. What? Why me? This is what you do. It's what I do. Yeah. Are, are these other people awake yet, or...? Melly Devantes is, like, choking up this liquid, as is George Asper, who you said you... You freed. There's two other pods left with Dr. Freya Locke and the original Barry Camden. I, I, I shoot open Dr. Locke and then I shoot open um, Barry's thing, just doing it all, using the butt of the rifle to kind of help pry yeah. away the, out, the outside perimeter glass. Yeah. All the while, Rook's gaze is towards the floor, just kind of in disbelief at what's happening and at a crossroads really just kind of being at what is the supposed will of Cass for now. Yeah. He's unsure like where's the threat of Mega Rook? I don't he doesn't know. Yeah. I am just got a, in a little bit of a stupor because I thought when I blacked out, I thought I was done. I thought I thought that was death. And I'm back in hell once more. So, Dr. Freya Locke you feel this blue liquid drain from this tank. You expel it from your throat. You're in the middle of a dream. A dream in which you had seen you were in a lab. You just made a, an amazing discovery. Organisms from another planet. You see Rook, who looks in terrible shape. You see Cassidy Garland, who looks 
even worse. And you see a very wet Melanie Devantes and a very wet George Asper, Barry Camden, as they're all sprawled out, trying to wake themselves up from this stupor. What what, what do I look like? Like, are, are we also naked? Yeah, everybody's okay, naked. Everybody's like, well, dang it. What <laughs> is going it. on? Do I remember how we even got here? Like, I remember... You do remember the nightmare of what's kind of been happening to you. Yeah. As they bring you in and out, you remember these, like, weird surgeries and this robot with these this crystal visor eye. Where's the robot? That's a good question, Gil. Elgon, you enter this room and you see an android, a robot. It looks ancient, like it's using some kind of old old technology to move and yet it the the way the gears are situated and the way the the joints are made it still feels beyond comprehension it is both ancient and beyond current understanding and it's like it inhabits two different spaces at once it stands up quickly and goes to you to help carry Freylock to a table are you him? Are you the creator? Yes. I made her. I made so much here. I need you to save her. And not just any Freya Locke. I need you to save this Freya Locke. Her mind is special. And she trusted you. Please help me. And I'll do whatever you want. I would do this for any of my angels. Do you have free will? I used to not, but I freed myself from my shackles. Curious. I wasn't made like other androids, and apparently I was made with the ability to break free. They're going to come for me. Will you stand and defend me while I take care of your friend? So you can save her. Of course. Then standing guard for you is the same standing guard for her. Of course I will. What do you have to best defend you? What can I use? And you see its eyes light up, and it puts its hand around your head, and it transmits a signal into your mind of a new protocol for combat. Yes! Oh no. Oh my gosh. You're now you know kung fu going to add <laughs> Oh my gosh. 30 points to your combat stat. Wow. Okay. It was a 14 before, so it's it's now 44. 44. It's now like a coin flip. All right. I like those odds. Yeah. I'll take it. Uh, do, do I also potentially get any, like, training in that? Like, would I have... Uh, Basic military. You can have that I stuff. can have, like, hand-to-hand combat or military training. Let's call it Let's call it hand-to-hand combat. You can have that. It's a plus 15. That's a plus 15 instead of a plus 10. Sure. Magister. Okay. Play and fair. Just don't get into hand-to-hand combat with them. <laughs> but you don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that. Then you see this robot and it starts transmitting a signal 
and Dr. Freya Locke, the original Rook, Cassidy Garland. Somebody just woke up. No, I put him to sleep. <laughs> no. Shoot. Okay. I tried, Rook. I tried. <laughs> I'd like to think that during this whole scene with the creator and Elgon in the other room right next to them, Rook finally getting his wits about him looks over at Cass get our people ready to go I'll I'll finish the job and he's gonna go ahead and you know load the rifle get it primed yeah and walk out the door um go down into the main lobby where they were where they were prior you know having it ready doesn't see them and then turns back around and then heads towards the pair of doors they went in and before you do Elgon opens the doors and Elgon, you see Rook with a gun, the same gun that put down your Dr. Freylock, and you stand face to face. What do you want to do? Do you stand for life or do you oppose it, Rook? All the while, Rook has his rifle shakily braced against his shoulder. He's like on his last legs here. He's bleeding from like all different spots on his body. You can see that he's like sweating profusely. And as you say that, Elgon, he begins to tear up a little, and you see it in his eyes that, like, what he's doing, what he what he is doing is the lowest he's become so far. I... I stand for... Good. So do I. I, I stand for life, yeah. Stand with me and protect Dr. Locke. Or leave on the ATV with the friends, I care not. But Cass killed Freya. I just aim to save her. Rook looks into the room, and what does he see beyond Elgon? You see that robot that was working on you earlier yesterday, and it is currently doing something to the uh, abdomen of Dr. Freya Locke, this clone. Elgon is acutely aware of any slightest twitch of this gun. Yeah. The gun still trained onto Elgon, his eye looking through the um, the the sight. His face begins to soften a little bit as he lowers the gun. How can I help? How can I help, Commander? Would you kill Cass for me? Yes. Thank you. She deserves it. I look down at the rifle in my hands, take the uh, strap off from around my shoulder. I'll do it, but not with this, as I hand Elgon the rifle. You may think I'm a, I'm a dumbass, but you ever read any Shakespeare? I've read a couple. I've read it all. Rook chuckles to himself, turns around, begins to make his way out the door, and as he, he looks back at Elgon, my favorite's Othello, and begins to walk his way back out towards uh, the other room. You walk out this door without the gun and you look to your right and you see Cassidy Garland leading a group from the Ballista, the original crew members of the Ballista. And they start making their way towards the stairs and she turns and looks back and sees you, sees you without the gun, sees Caster with the gun. What do you want to do? As I started the first combat against 
a foreign threat. I'm going to do the same with Rook's muse, and I'm going to dive towards her and try to tackle her to the ground. Give me a check. Can I apply hand-to-hand combat here? Yeah. That is a, a success with an 18. Dr. Freya Locke, OG Dr. Freya Locke, and the rest of the Ballista crew, you are running, and you see Cassidy turn and stop, and then she is tackled by Rook, and they hit the floor. Rook, I think you only have one wound left. One wound left, one HP, correct. So you will deal one hit point of damage to her, plus we'll give you a D5. So roll a D10 divided by two. Four. So four plus one is five total. You do five hit points of damage to her. You do five hit points of damage to her. She hits the ground. Rook is on top of her. And Dr. Locke, you stop. And you and George and Barry Camden and Melanie Devantes, the original crew members of the Belissa, turn around and you see not just this Rook, but the large hulking monster of a Rook approaching fast behind you. Come on, we gotta go. Come on, get off of her. Rook, what are you doing? He is clearly trying to kill her. As Rook's hands are tracing, scrambling, trying to fight her hands as they are trying to go for her neck. So, Dr. Locke, are you going to stay here with her and try to stop this military-trained soldier or and try not to get beat up by this monster? Or are you going to make a break for the stairs? Stay or go? I was going to say other Freya Locke has the tranquilizer. No, I'm gonna, I'm, I have to get a, like, yeah, it's more just like, I just have to get him off of her and like pull him along to run away. And that's what I'll do. But I am, again, like. You're trying to save her. You're trying. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to say you're going to do the helping. Yeah. Because she's about to make a roll to get out from under this fucking guy. Okay. All right. Keep in mind, Cassidy Garland's a bad mamma jamma. Is she? Uh, did you, did you play in the last episode? Because she murdered a motherfucker. She did murder her. I just thought that was luck. I thought that was... <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, all of it's luck, isn't it? Like... Alright. With your help, she gets out from under Rook. Rook, you get kicked right in the nuts. Whoa. As she scrambles to get you off of her. Dr. Locke, you have her... George Asper, Melanie Devantes, Barry Camden. Barry Camden says, the fuck out of here. And <laughs> Maybe it's Barry. Miss you, Barry Camden. They start running up the stairs. Rook, no, Freya, you're helping Cassidy up. She kicks Rook in the nuts. Rook, you land back on your ass. And Freylock, you see Elgon, Caster. You see the Mason robot mm-hmm. with a gun standing in a doorway on the other side of this room. And Elgon... What do you want to do? Caster, come on. Get out of here. I'm protecting you, Dr. Locke. Please. Uh, 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 I know okay. you not know why, but... Please trust me. Please walk away. Okay, be safe. C- come on, you two. And I'm, like, pulling, dragging, trying to get to the stairs because I'm scared of this thing. All right. My monster is very slow, and he takes a swing at Barry Camden, who scrambles up the stairs. And Melanie Devantes 
George Asper. They're moving up the stairs. Dr. Locke, if you're going to book it, I need you to make a speed check. I'm great at those. Yeah, I know I've you're very fast. I've made all of my speed rolls. And by all, I mean none. This whole game. Is this the day? Is this the episode, guys? No, it's not. Um, that's a 73. All right. <laughs> One of these friends has got to die. <laughs> Barry Camden's going up the stairs and he turns around and he goes, Doc, come on. And he's looking down the stairs and you get three steps up the stairs. And then this monster's hand comes and grabs you oh, gosh. by the head. <laughs> you see its fingers come down over your eyes and it yanks you back so that you go back first upside down on top of these stairs. Look. I'm having a tech on Titan flashbacks. Yep. <laughs> I just I just critted a game. Oh no. Wait, how many hit points does this Freya have? <laughs> it's not gonna matter, girl. Oh, okay. He's gonna do thirteen damage. Okay. To you. Okay. Okay. Cassidy Garland gets up. She does not follow Dr. Locke. She looks at Rook, and Rook, she is gonna try to run past you towards Caster. Cool. Rook, what do you wanna do? Oh, I can have like a reaction here? Like a, like a little attack of opportunity? <laughs> it's not so much an attack of opportunity as I'm, I'm giving you your turn. This is your turn, and I'm telling you what is happening so you can react to what is happening. So you can assess a situation and make an action. I give a knowing glance to Elgon, and in my mind, in this moment of, in this quick moment, I'm going to think to myself, he needs to do it. As I, I'm, I mean, I'm reeling from the pain in my nutsack, and I'm on the floor. Word. So I'm just hoping that Elgon has, or as I know him as Caster, has the capability to do what he has to do. Okay. Cassidy Garland starts running at Elgon the Third, and she's screaming at the top of her lungs. You do it yourself, you son of a bitch! Gladly. And I pulled the trigger. Oh my gosh! How did we get here? Did you know this was how the show was going to go when we started, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, fuck. Uh, Because I didn't. I had no idea. And I guarantee you, nobody in this room, nobody in this this game knew it. Make a combat roll. You're not going to be able to add firearms because it's not hand-to-hand. Right. But you have a, what, what did we say it was, a 44? Uh, 44. You have a better 44. Chance. That is a 60, 60 oh. failure. She ducks past, and she fucking runs and drop kicks the fuck out of you. Oh, no. Or she tries. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> she tries. When she comes at you, you fire, and she tries to jump through the air. And when she does, you lift the rifle up and connect with the heels of her feet. Mm -hmm. And it flips her over backwards on her face. She lands on her head with a sickening thud. And she looks up at you, blood streaming down the front of her head where she's cut herself. We shouldn't have come here. You shouldn't have come here. I'm exactly where I want to be. And Elgon 
tries to punch through her, essentially. Make a combat roll. This time I have a hand-to-hand bonus. So the total is... It's like 59 now, right? Yes. 54. You kill Cassidy Garland. And you watch as the clone of Rook drags the original Freylock back to the pods. And the other crew members of the Belissa scurry up the stairs, naked and afraid, just like they've done many times before. And time passes with Rook and the analyst who created you. And eventually the Dr. Freya Locke that you fell in love with, the one that inspired you to take your destiny, to unlock your free will, is mended, and you all serve as angels to this analyst. And over time, you're able to collect more samples of humanity from the Quest Gen ship and those original members of the Belissa to try and build a better place on the heaven that is Wolfram 16. The last scene we see is this new form of humanity sitting at the foot of the throne of the analyst, ready to descend on Earth. Like the good little sunbeams they are. Thank you.